When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I would like a, a vodka martini, please. Very dry with olives, a lot of olives. Like, at least three olives. Avengers Age of Ultron release, we are looking back at all of the movies in the Avengers series, uh, starting off with Iron Man, and this is our uh, retro and retrospective review of that film, uh, the original Iron Man, the first of the Phase 1 Marvel films, starring uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. This review will feature clips from the movie itself, as well as our original review of the movie, and a retrospective review of Iron Man featuring myself, Owen Hughes, and Jerry McCauley. Yeah, and um, just to sort of recap the film for everyone in case they haven't, if they've forgotten about it by now, uh, it was released quite a, quite a while ago now, 2008, so a few years back now. It's basically Tony Stark is um, an industrialist, He's, he owns Stark Industries, he gets captured and gets held in an Afghan cave and forced into building a suit of armour to fight his way out. And uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But uh, yeah, it was the first MCU movie. First movie Marvel Studios made. And so we'll, we'll have a little bit of a chat about that with Joey later on. Yeah, um, here is the trailer for Iron Man. No one's allowed to talk, is that it? You can't talk? No, you intimidate them. Good God, you're a woman. <laughs> is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? I humbly present the Jericho. Peace. Tony Stark. Now you work for me. Your building stock. Your eyes are red. Your tears for your long lost boss? Tears of joy. I hate job hunting. Yeah, vacation's over. Welcome home, sir. Put up the scanner, will you? What happened over there? I had my eyes open. I want to protect the people I put in harm's way. A man with a dozen of these can rule all of Asia. Yeah, I can fly. 
Downey Jr. Uh, this is interesting. He is Tony Stark now. Can you imagine anyone else being Tony Stark? Ever. I think he's nailed the character, but I think you could probably get other people to do it. You could probably get other people to do Iron Man. Yeah, you know, maybe because someone else could possibly take it. But, you know, unlike, say, Superman, Batman, I cannot think of a single actor who has defined their comic maybe, book character maybe it's because, as much as... Maybe it's because with a lot of these Marvel superheroes, we've not mm. had them as ca- as film characters before. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the DC ones, we've had Superman mm. films before, we've had Batman So you're used before. to people, yeah. yeah. There's loads of different Batmans, there's a, there's a number of different Supermans. This is the first time we've had an Iron Man as a character in a, in a big budget film that's not mm. cartoon or anything like that on television. It's you know, so it's you're used to Robert Downey Jr. being Tony. True, because he's the only one who's done it. Yeah, no, no that's that's very possible. But I, at the same time, I ca- I I just cannot. I, I think Tony Stark's charm and charisma and his one. It, it's it's a bit of a different go. You can't exactly reinvent him. Can't. Tony Stark is Tony Stark, unlike a lot of other characters. You know, the diff- everyone who's done Batman has had a slightly different take on Batman. Some more successful than others. It's very difficult to imagine someone putting a different take on. Oh, yeah, like you say, you could be right. It could be just that. Danny Jr. has been so good at the moment with thinking, well, no one else could play him. And maybe someone could in the future. But I think it would take... I don't think you could do it in three or four years with someone else. I think you, you'd need to leave it a long time or possibly go through uh, what I know is quite a big comic book trope of having someone else step in and be the superhero for a bit. I know that pretty much every superhero's gone through that, haven't they? I don't think he's going to walk away from the character it, it's really interesting that he was only paid five hundred uh five hundred thousand dollars up front for iron man because he was seen as a massive gamble uh and the guy who played um Rhodes, terence howard in that was paid loads more than him because he was seen as a bigger box office draw but for avengers robert danny jr pocketed 50 million dollars because he had a profit share too it is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you're a superhero. Didn't? Mm-mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. That was then our retro review of Iron Man. I'm joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. And podcast original Jerry McCauley. Hello. So, um, so yeah, we're sort of starting from the beginning here with uh, Iron Man. And yes. uh, the first of the Phase One movies, as they were, they were termed. Yes, we're now we're now into well into Phase Two. We're about to end Phase Two. Almost, yeah. There's Avengers: Age of Ultron, which is due out uh, in about a month's time from from now. Probably less by the time this gets released. And then Ant Man will be the last of Phase Two, which is it, weirdly it, after Avengers. But that's like miles away from where the original Iron Man started. It is. It is indeed. So, I mean, just sort of going on from that conversation then on the retro review about Robert Downey Jr., he's still in the role. Do we like him as Tony Stark, I guess? Do we still think he's very good as, as Tony Stark? And can we see anyone else playing the role? I'm sure other people could, could play the role and, and play it well, but he's playing it excellently. There's, there's no reason to get rid of him because um, he seems happy to be doing it and he's doing an excellent job playing kind of a, a a Batman with a bit of personality, I suppose. 
It yeah. is basically Batman with a bit of personality. He's a bit and more of an ambiguous version of Batman, isn't he? Like yeah. He's a bit more morally dubious at times. Yeah. yeah. But he essentially, he's, 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 a, he's a billionaire playboy with, well, not so secret identity anymore, at least in the film universe, I think in the comics as well. But he's he's not got any superpowers such. He just makes everything himself, and in the same way as Batman does, I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting about the um, revealing the secret identity because that actually happened at the end of the very first Iron Man. Yeah, that was his big press conference where he sort of announced that he is actually Iron Man, which was I thought that was like a fantastic scene. I loved the first Iron Man. I mean, I still think probably after Avengers, it's the best film they've done. What do you two think of the first Iron Man? I'm a big fan. I really, really like it. I've probably seen it uh, three, maybe four times. I, I didn't watch it when it came out of the cinema, though. It was one of those that kind of... I thought, oh, it's just another, <laughs> yeah. another superhero yeah, film. And then it, it built a bit of hype, didn't it, if I remember rightly? A lot of people were like, oh, have you seen Iron Man? It's really, it's really, yeah. really good. I think because it came out just around the time where... I mean, people talk about how um, superhero films at the moment are in like a saturation point. But back then, you had stuff like Daredevil... Electra, um, you know, Catwoman, all these cr- really terrible, terrible yeah. comic book films that were just being churned out because they thought they'd make money. And then along came Iron Man, and I just assumed it'd be similar to those those sort of films and ignored it. But you're right, there was a sort of hype about it afterwards. Although it did quite well at the box office, it did, did quite well at the time. But yeah, it definitely built more hype afterwards, I would say. If if it hadn't have done so well, would would Marvel be where they are now? in terms of uh, their their film studio. It was kind of crucial to the... This was the first Marvel standalone film, wasn't it? Because they obviously yeah. had years and years and years of trying to get this film developed and, and obviously the the issues with various Spider-Man and X-Men iterations being done by other studios. But mm-hmm. am I right in thinking this, this was the first actual standalone Marvel Studios film? Yeah, exactly that. That's right, yeah. The first of their studio films after they'd sold off all their, their sort of more popular characters, if you like. So they lost out on the X-Men. They had to sell the X-Men, the rights to the X-Men characters. Spider-Man, of course, went. Uh, Fantastic Four. So Iron Man at the time, there was a lot of talk about how he wasn't one of their most successful uh, properties. You know, in the comics even, he wasn't one of the most successful properties. The, the, probably the most successful ones they had at the time were Hulk and Spider-Man. And Hulk's always been very popular. And of course everyone knows who Captain America is, but it was a bit of a shock for them to go with Iron Man straight away, from from what I recall. Um, but de- I think it definitely paid off. I think um, they got the casting for everyone in it spot on, except perhaps Rhodes. I think well, there was a, a bit of a conversation to have about Terence Howard's demands for money and how eventually dropping him resulted in Don Cheadle taking up the role of Rhodes and War Machine, who I think was much better. But, you know, people like Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts was introduced in this. I thought Je- Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane, or, you know, I think he became the Iron Monger, or whatever his character was called, where he put on the big suit at the end and had a big face-off with, with Iron Man. I thought that he worked really well in this as well. Yeah. Paul Bettany, even, as Jarvis, as the voice of Jarvis, was, was pretty spot-on. I think you're right. It was it was kind of at the time it didn't feel like a setup film, but I think when you look back, you can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to kind of lay a, a benchmark, aren't they? Yeah. And and it was really this this needed to succeed for the whole cinematic universe project to succeed. Yeah, but it was just it's just even now as a standalone film, you know, you can ignore it as part of the Avengers if you wish, and it's still a really entertaining uh, action film. 
the bits at the beginning where he's first building his suit because he's captured and he's in the cave and he's just trying to put something together out of bits of scrap metal. Even that is still just a fantastic scene. And the way he sort of bursts out the cave and, uh, you know, and how it leads on to um, the, the conflict with Stark Industries, who are a weapons manufacturer, and Tony Stark's trying to... He's sort of had an epiphany about what it is he's actually involved in. And I think all of that is worked out really well, because most of that happens within the first half of the film. The second half of the film is all about him becoming the Iron Man. As an overall sort of movie, what's your two's opinion of it? I think it works. I think it's a solid, if unspectacular, kind of action film in the way that Avengers kind of was like, wow, blew everyone away. This is kind of good, but it's it's largely what you'd expect from a superhero film. Do you know what I mean? Is mm. it, I, don't, I don't want to sound unfair on it because it's a good film. It's <laughs> very enjoyable, but it, it wasn't exactly reinventing the envelope or anything, was it? It was It was like... It was just that was it. it was well, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. I think it, it it definitely had an identity of its own for Marvel, you know, to separate them from the the Sony films. You know, I think Iron Man's got a lot of humour in it. It's lots of funny moments in that film. It has, an, uh, and I remember figuring out or, or finding out after I'd seen it the first time that they did kind of improvisation on most of it, mm. which I think is the reason why it feels very fresh. But I think it, I think the approach of the Favreau Iron Man films is quite different to all the other origin story films. Oh, definitely. Although yeah. I think Joss Whedon's Avengers tried to capture that kind of spirit, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of come back. But, you know, I would say like the Kenneth Branagh humour is different for Thor and and the Captain America humour is different, whereas this is, is a very quirky Robert Downey Jr. style of humour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was also, like I think we said in the retro, retro review, he was a bit of a gamble at the time. You know, he was known as a bit of a loose cannon. and um, But I, he definitely nailed that part. That's yeah. my opinion. I think, you know, he's shown through not just the Iron Man films, but in Avengers as well. And he's sort of become their, their most prized asset, in a way. I thought you said you were done making weapons. It is. This is a flight stabilizer. It's completely hopeless. Jerry, do you do you have a favourite film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far? Um, do you know what? Quite controversially, I would say Thor, the first Thor film. Oh really? Okay. And I know it got it got a bit of abuse, but it just properly cracked me up. <laughs> I like the I like the the Thor character, and I liked the Shakespearean Kenneth Branagh interpretation of it yeah. all. And it's it's not the best storyline, don't be wrong. And it's the same with the second one, but. It's just, I thought it was all round. It was, it, it, it's one of those films that's not necessarily the best, but I think it's the one that I enjoyed most, kind of in a pleasant surprise kind of I, way. I just think there needs to be a film about Thor, and it's not even like a bad guy, it's just him getting used to Earth and Earth customs. Yeah. yeah. Just that for an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay, what about films that are due to come in Phase 3? Which ones are, which ones are you looking forward to most? Um, I, I quite like the idea of the Doctor Strange film because yeah. I don't know much about it, and it's got mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch in. So that's <laughs> that's I'm quite excited about that. But obviously, I think when you really look forward to it, it it's going to have to be the the two Avengers 
Um, I can't remember the name of them, but they're doing a two-part. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of Infinity War, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're splitting it in two. I mean, it's difficult for us to, to <laughs> talk about the future films yet, really, because um, obviously we've just got titles and not an outline of plots, and we don't know what's going to happen in Age so, of Ultron so, so and so how things are going to change. So in in Phase Three, we've basically got ending. I'm guessing with Infinity War Part One and Two. There's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Two. A Black Panther movie, uh, Civil War, um, which is probably going to, by the looks of it, not just be a, I know it's called Captain America Civil War, but it's going to be a, probably Iron Man 4 as well, essentially, isn't it? Two two films in one. Um, is it Black That's Panther? Black Panther and Doctor Strange. Yeah, and uh, Captain Marvel as well. Yes. Like, like I said earlier, of the ones that have been, I would say Iron Man's, after Avengers, probably my favourite one. Yeah, I would, I would put it as. I mean, don't get me wrong, Avengers is absolutely fantastic and is one of, still stands out as one of the best cinema experiences I've had. It was yeah. terrific. Um, so it would be between Avengers and Thor, but Iron Man would be close behind. It's very good. Uh, I feel like I've been a bit negative on it here, but it's <laughs> a very, no, very good, for, enjoyable film. For me, the, the best is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Iron Man is, is definitely top five, maybe top three. Guardians of the Galaxy is by far, in my opinion, the best they've done. Well, not by far, but is, in my opinion, the best that they've done. Great. I think that about wraps it up, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that uh, brings to a close our new review that follows a retro review of a, of a film that we reviewed a long time ago. <laughs> um, look forward to more of these, because there will be more, Yeah, uh, with me, Owen, and various guests from, uh, from podcast history, and new guests as well. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. No one's allowed to talk, is that it? You can't talk? No, you intimidate them. Good God, you're a woman. <laughs> is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? I humbly present the Jericho. To peace.
Tony Stark. Now you work for me. What are you building, Stark? Red. Your tears for your long lost boss? Tears of joy. I hate job hunting. Yeah, vacation's over. Welcome home, sir. Put up the scanner, will you? What happened over there? I had my eyes open. I want to protect the people I put in harm's way. A man with a dozen of these can rule all of Asia. Yeah, I can fly. Danny Jr. Uh, this is interesting. He is Tony Stark now. Can you imagine anyone else being Tony Stark? Ever. I think he's nailed the character, but I think you could probably get other people to do it. You could probably get other people to do Iron Man. Yeah, maybe because someone else could possibly take it. But, you know, unlike, say, Superman, Batman, I cannot think of a single actor who has defined their comic maybe, book character as much as... Maybe it's because with a lot of these... Marvel superheroes, we've not mm. had them as ca- as film characters before. Mm-hmm. True. Whereas with the DC ones, we've had Superman mm. films before, we've had Batman. So you're used before. to people, yeah. yeah. There's loads of different Batmans. There's a, there's a number of different Supermans. This is the first time we've had an Iron Man as a character in a, in a big budget film that's not mm. cartoon or anything like that on television. It's you know, so it's you're used to Robert Downey Jr being Tony's true because he's the only one who's done it yeah no, no that's that's very possible but I at the same time I ca- I, I just cannot I, I think Tony Stark's charm and charisma and his one it, it's it's a bit of a different go you can't exactly reinvent him can Tony Stark is Tony Stark unlike a lot of other characters you know the diff everyone who's done Batman has had a slightly different take on Batman some more successful than others. It's very difficult to imagine someone putting a different take on... Oh, yeah, like you say, you could be right. It could be just that Danny Jr. has been so good at the moment with thinking, well, no one else could play him. And maybe someone could in the future. But I think it would take... I don't think you could do it in three or four years with someone else. I think you, you'd need to leave it a long time or possibly go through... Uh, what I know is quite a big comic book trope of having someone else step in and be the superhero for a bit. I know that pretty much every superhero's gone through that, haven't they? I don't think he's going to walk away from the character. It, it's really interesting that he was only paid $500,000 up front for Iron Man because he was seen as a massive gamble. Uh, and the guy who played um, Rhodes, Terence Howard in that, was paid loads more than him because he was seen as a bigger box office draw. But for Avengers... Robert Downey Jr. pocketed $50 million because he had a profit share too. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you were a superhero. Didn't? Mm -mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. That was then our retro review of Iron Man. I'm joined by 
Owen Hughes. Hello. And podcast original Jerry McCauley. Hello. So, um, so yeah, we're sort of starting from the beginning here with uh, Iron Man. And yes. uh, the first of the Phase 1 movies, as they were they were termed. Yes, we're now, we're now into, well into Phase 2. We're about to end Phase 2. Almost, yeah. There's Avengers Age of Ultron, which is due out uh, in about a month's time from, from now. Probably less by the time this gets released. And then Ant-Man will be the last of Phase 2, which is... It, Weirdly, after Avengers. But that's like miles away from where the original Iron Man started. It is, it is indeed. So, I mean, just so going on from that conversation then on the retro review about Robert Downey Jr., he's still in the role. Do we like him as Tony Stark, I guess? Do we still think he's very good as, as Tony Stark? And can we see anyone else playing the role? I'm sure other people could, could play the role and, and play it well, but he's playing it excellently. There's there's no reason to get rid of him because um, he seems happy to be doing it and he's doing an excellent job playing <laughs> kind of a, a a Batman with a bit of personality, I suppose. <laughs> it yeah. is basically Batman with a bit of personality. He's a bit and, more of an ambiguous version of Batman, isn't he? Like yeah. He's a bit more morally dubious at times. Yeah. yeah. But he, essentially, he's, 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 a, he's a billionaire playboy with, well, not so secret identity anymore, at least in the film universe, I think in the comics as well. But he's he's not got any superpower as such. He just makes everything himself, and in the same way as Batman does, I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting about the um, revealing the secret identity because that actually happened at the end of the very first Iron Man. Yeah, that was his big press conference where he sort of announced that he is actually Iron Man, which was I thought that was like a fantastic scene. I loved the first Iron Man. I mean, I still think probably after Avengers, it's the best film they've done. What do you two think of the first Iron Man? I'm a big fan. I really, really like it. I've probably seen it uh, three, maybe four times. I, I didn't watch it when it came out of the cinema, though. It was one of those that kind of... I thought, oh, it's just another, <laughs> yeah. another superhero yeah, film. And then it, it built a bit of hype, didn't it, if I remember rightly? A lot of people were like, oh, have you seen Iron Man? It's really, it's really, yeah. really good. I think because it came out just around the time where... I mean, people talk about how um, superhero films at the moment are in like a saturation point. But back then, you had stuff like Daredevil... Electra, um, you know, Catwoman, all these cr- really terrible, terrible yeah. comic book films that were just being churned out because they thought they'd make money. And then along came Iron Man, and I just assumed it'd be similar to those those sort of films and ignored it. But you're right, there was a sort of hype about it afterwards. Although it did quite well at the box office, it did, did quite well at the time. But yeah, it definitely built more hype afterwards, I would say. If if it hadn't have done so well, would would Marvel be where they are now? in terms of uh, their their film studio. It was kind of crucial to the... This was the first Marvel standalone film, wasn't it? Because they obviously yeah. had years and years and years of trying to get this film developed and, and obviously the the issues with various Spider-Man and X-Men iterations being done by other studios. But mm-hmm. am I right in thinking this, this was the first actual standalone Marvel Studios film? Yeah, exactly that. That's right, yeah. The first of their studio films after they'd sold off all their, their sort of more popular characters, if you like. So they lost out on the X-Men. They had to sell the X-Men, the rights to the X-Men characters. Spider-Man, of course, went. Uh, Fantastic Four. So Iron Man at the time, there was a lot of talk about how he wasn't one of their most successful uh, properties. You know, in the comics even, he wasn't one of the most successful properties. The, the, probably the most successful ones they had at the time were Hulk and Spider-Man. And Hulk's always been very popular. And of course everyone knows who Captain America is, but it was a bit of a shock for them to go with Iron Man straight away. 
from from what I recall. Um, but de- I think it definitely paid off. I think um, they got the casting for everyone in it spot on, except perhaps Rhodes. I think well, there was a, a bit of a conversation to have about Terence Howard's demands for money and how eventually dropping him resulted in Don Cheadle taking up the role of Rhodes and War Machine, who I think was much better. But, you know, people like Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts was introduced in this. I thought Jeff, Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane, or, you know, I think he became the Iron Monger, or whatever his character was called, where he put on the big suit at the end and had a big face-off with, with Iron Man. I thought that he worked really well in this as well. Yeah. Paul Bettany, even, as Jarvis, as the voice of Jarvis, was, was pretty spot-on. I think you're right. It was it was kind of at the time it didn't feel like a setup film, but I think when you look back, you can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to kind of lay a, a benchmark, aren't they? Yeah. And and it was really this this needed to succeed for the whole cinematic universe project to succeed. Yeah, but it was just it's just even now as a standalone film, you know, you can ignore it as part of the Avengers if you wish, and it's still a really entertaining uh, action film. The bits at the beginning where he's first building his suit because he's captured and he's in the cave and he's just trying to put something together out of bits of scrap metal. Even that is still just a fantastic scene. And the way he sort of bursts out the cave and, uh, you know, and how it leads on to um, the the conflict with Stark Industries who are a weapons manufacturer and Tony Stark's trying to... He's sort of had an epiphany about what it is he's actually involved in and... I think all of that is worked out really well because most of that happens within the first half of the film. The second half of the film is all about him becoming the Iron Man. As an overall sort of movie, what's your two's opinion of it? I think it works. I think it's a solid, if unspectacular, kind of action film in the way that Avengers kind of was like, wow, blew everyone away. This is kind of good, but it's, it's largely what you'd expect from a superhero film. Do you know what I mean? Is mm. it, I don't. I, I don't want to sound unfair on it because it's a good film. It's very <laughs> enjoyable, but it it wasn't exactly reinventing the envelope or anything, was it? It was. It was like it was just that was it. it was well, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. I think it 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 definitely had an identity of its own for Marvel. You know, to separate them from the the Sony films. You know, I think Iron Man's got a lot of humour in it. It's lots of funny moments in that film. It has an uh, and. I remember figuring out or finding out after I'd seen it the first time that they did kind of improvisation on most of it, mm. which I think is the reason why it feels very fresh. But I think it, I think the approach of the Favreau Iron Man films is quite different to all the other origin story films. Oh, definitely. Although yeah. I think Joss Whedon's Avengers tried to capture that kind of spirit, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of come back. But, you know, I would say like the Kenneth Branagh, humour is different for Thor and and the Captain America humour is different, whereas this is is a very quirky Robert Downey Jr. style of humour. Mm. Yeah, because he was also, like I think we said in the retro, retro review, he was a bit of a gamble at the time. You know, he was known as a bit of a loose cannon and um, but I, he definitely nailed that part. That's yeah. my opinion. I think you know, he's showing through not just the Iron Man films, but in Avengers as well and he sort of become their, their most prized asset, in a way. I thought you said you were done making weapons. It is. This is a flight stabilizer. It's completely hopeless. I didn't expect that. Jerry, do you, do you have a favourite film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far? Um, 
you know what? Quite controversially, I would say Thor, the first Thor film. Oh really? Okay. And I know it got it got a bit of abuse, but it just properly cracked me up. <laughs> I like the I like the the Thor character, and I liked the Shakespearean Kenneth Branagh interpretation of it yeah. all. And it's it's not the best storyline, don't get me wrong. And it's same with the second one, but it's just I thought it was all round. It was it, it, it's one of those films that's not necessarily the best, but I think it's the one that I enjoyed most kind of in a pleasant surprise kind of I, way I just think there needs to be a film about Thor and it's not even like a bad guy it's just him getting used to Earth and Earth customs yeah, yeah. just that for an hour and a half yeah okay what about films that are due to come in phase three which ones are, which ones are you looking forward to most um, I, I quite like the idea of the Doctor Strange film because yeah. I don't know much about it, and it's got mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch in. So that's <laughs> that's. I'm quite excited about that, but obviously, I think when you really look forward to it, it's going to have to be the the two Avengers. Um, I can't remember the name of them, but they're doing a two. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of Infinity War, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're splitting into. I mean, it's difficult for us to to <laughs> talk about the future films yet, really, because um, obviously we've just got titles and not an outline of. Plots and we don't know what's going to happen in Age so, of Ultron so, so and how things going to change. So in in Phase Three, we've basically got ending. I'm guessing with Infinity War Part One and Two. There's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Two, a Black Panther movie, uh, Civil War, um, which is probably going to, by the looks of it, not just be. A, I know it's called Captain America Civil War, but it's going to be a, probably Iron Man Four as well. Essentially, isn't it? Two two films in one. Um, was it Black That's Panther? Yeah. Black Panther and Doctor Strange. Yeah, and uh, Captain Marvel as well. Yes. Like, like I said earlier, of the ones that have been, I would say Iron Man's after Avengers probably my favourite one. Yeah, I would I would put it as. I mean, don't get me wrong. Avengers is absolutely fantastic and is one of still stands out as one of the best cinema experiences I've had. It was yeah. terrific. Um, so it would be between Avengers and Thor, but Iron Man would be close behind. It's very good. Uh, I feel like I've been a bit negative on it here, but it's a very, <laughs> no, very good, for, enjoyable film. For me, the the best is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Iron Man is, is definitely top five, maybe top three. But Guardians of the Galaxy is by far, in my opinion, the best they've done. Well, not by far, but is, in my opinion, the best that they've done. Great, I think that about, about wraps it up, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that uh, brings to a close our new review that follows a retro review of a of a film that we reviewed a long time ago. <laughs> um, look forward to more of these, because there will be more, Yeah, um, with me, Owen, and various guests from, uh, from podcast history and new guests as well. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. <laughs>